Hello and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number eight. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? I'm absolutely knackered, mate. Up all night watching this draft, but uh, all, all very good. How about you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I got uh, I got a couple of hours this morning, and then uh, I, I got up, and I feel I don't feel too bad. I think it was the little sleep beforehand that helped. So, uh, yeah, I think that definitely helped. Yeah, well, I set a, a cheeky alarm to get up for it, and I, I fell asleep. So uh, I missed the first four picks, but um, I soon caught up. But all good. Yeah. So yeah, you good job. You've got a boy that helps you out and helps catch up on the draft, isn't it? Yeah, I appreciate it, mate. Tag me in. So, uh, obviously, we're here today to recap round one of the NFL draft. Uh, we both uh, stayed up for the whole show. Uh, we were texting each other. If our if our partners didn't realise uh, what nerds we were before, then they uh, they certainly do now. Fairly mad first round. Lots of surprises along the way. So, um, just a general chat about the uh, the draft. What did you make of it? So the, the Texans pulled off quite a uh, quite a move with the, uh, the the second and the third, didn't they? So just like a general chat about them before we go into the skill players. What, what did you make of it? Well, I, I didn't know what was going on because, as I said, I, I slept through the first three or four picks and woke up and I saw a couple of Texans picks on the clock and I thought, what on earth's happened? Um, there's a lot of talk before and we've spoken whether or not they'd take a quarterback or not and I think they definitely made the right pick at the two and just didn't expect them to come back up at, at the 103 to be honest but to come away from the draft with you know those two players I think is um, quite a nice nice haul for them really they're not going to do anything this year but what did you make of it? Oh, a lot of people was comparing it to um, Kevin Costner's character in draft day that sort of move so uh... <laughs> I think if you can write it like that, then they've done okay, haven't they? But um, yeah, let's start going through the uh, the skilled players. So obviously the 101, QB1, Bryce Young to the Panthers. No real surprise there really, was it? It was the, it was the chalk pick and I think it had been in place for a little while. Um, he had a nice pink suit on, which uh, double-breasted. I'm not sure about that, but um, that might move him down my ranks. But what did you make of the pick? It was the chalk one really, wasn't it? It was. I mean, there was a few rumours in the day, weren't there, that um, Richardson might go higher than expected. A, f- a few people were wondering whether it could be the Panthers and they've just tricked everyone. But yeah, it was always the, the chalk pick. We've been quite consistent on Young, haven't we? And um, yeah, definitely the, the right pick. I must admit, though, he looks really flash in the, the double-breasted suit, but he looked small, didn't he? He really did look quite uh, quite trim. But yeah, yeah. lovely pick. What do you make of it? Well, I think even Howard Goodell was uh, was towering over him in height, wasn't he? Which was a worry. So maybe maybe Goodell's the QB one this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it was always the chalk pick for the last few weeks. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what he's about, really. I know that he gets all this uh, criticism for his size and his height, and but he's just a, a bit of a genius. And the S2 score, as we keep talking about, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how he gets on, but uh, really, really quite pleased for him. You do feel for these lads, don't you, when you see them drafted and how pleased they are? Yeah, it's a great moment for them. It's a great moment when they've got their family there. They, it's great when they get the call. When you see the footage coming up um, like a few weeks later of some of the calls to the guys, and that's just really, uh, really touching for them to get their pick, isn't it? So, yeah, so Bryce there, uh, day one starter or not? I think he is, isn't he? I mean, who's behind him? The, the the red rifle. Don't think his hair really matches the uniform. So, yeah, chuck him in and see what you've got. Um, I think the only – it's a tough ask, but I think it's a fairly – it's a weaker division than it previously has been. So, I don't think it's actually that much of a problem. Just throw him in and see what you've got. You've got to find out, haven't you? Do you reckon he starts day one? No, you're a yeah. big fan of the red rifle? 
Um, the red rifle can go in the bin. Maybe uh, <laughs> I, I'd definitely be starting Bryce Young day one. I don't, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. But um, yes, day one starter, QB one, pretty much as we expected, really. So uh, on to the uh, 102. So um, this was up for debate pretty much well since since the uh, the the start of the draft really who who was going to go at 102 there was reports of will anderson there's been reports of uh, levis maybe moving up i think that was games from the texans to try and get people to move up but in the end the sensible pick and the correct pick for me they took cj stroud what did you make of it yeah i think as you said i think it was all smoke and mirrors and trying to get people to pay up and they played the hand right at the end didn't they they clearly wanted him there was a lot of talk about his agent and the Deshaun Watson agent and could it happen? Will it happen? Um, but again, it was the chalk pick, I think, weren't it? You could shoot for the upside with a, a quarterback that went a couple of picks later, but I think that was always the pick for Texans, weren't it? The right one? Yeah, I think so. There was lots and lots of rumours that the Titans were trying to move up to uh, to 103. And I think it was because they believed that um, Will Anderson would probably go at 102. So there was lots and lots of stories of the Titans trying to move to 103. Apparently got close, but then you know, they picked Stroud and that's probably ruined it for the Titans. And as, as we saw after, the, the Texans actually moved to 103 themselves. So, um, yeah, there are lots of smoke and mirrors around the pick, but I think Stroud was the right pick and, and, and they've come back in at 103, obviously, to get their edge rusher in, in Will Anderson. But um, Texans can probably yeah, be no, fairly happy with their haul, can't they? Exactly. And I think a lot of people talk about CJ Stroud almost being a bit of a boring pick and they say that he hasn't got much of a ceiling, but I think he's going to be fine. You know, he's, he's really good. He's put up some really good numbers. I think he's been tarnished with the, the Ohio State um, sort of tag that their quarterbacks don't do that well, but I really like him. I think he's going to do fine. Don't expect much out of the Texans this year, but they've got some nice weapons. Going to be a bit shit this year, but I, I really like him. I think in Superflex, if you've got him as your quarterback too, you're in a good spot, aren't you? Yeah, I'd have no problem taking uh, CJ Stroud in um, Superflex uh, drafts. Quite an elite suit as well. He had almost like a, some flowers down the side. I don't know what was going on there, but um, I couldn't pull it off. But fair play to him. Yeah, for me, for what they, what they're wearing and how they pull it off and, and kind of how much swag they've got, that matters to me. So if anyone turns up dressed in a crappy suit, I, I'm not taking them ever. Yeah, I think if you've got a, a decent chain, nice set of shades, then um, you, you got my ranks. <laughs> so uh, on to the, uh, the 104 in the real life draft. So... This again, lots of smoke and mirrors. The the lots of the talk coming out was that it was going to be Will Levis and the Colts were huge fans of Levis. That now looks like it was the Colts pushing it out there that they were fans of Levis. So they didn't want anyone taking their actual pick because at one oh four they took Anthony Richardson to the Colts. So This is lovely, me, isn't it? Yeah, for me, he's gonna be with Shane Steichen, who's who's worked with Hertz previously. Uh the quarterback coach, I can't remember his name, but he's previously worked with Cam as well. So this all adds up and this this is lovely. I mean, that backfield next year, you've got Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the RPOs, who, who, you, who you're going to cover there. So what did you make of the pick? Yeah, I think we said a few weeks back when we were looking at all these quarterbacks and where they might land, we said it could be Stroud, it could be Richardson going to the Colts. And this was the landing spot that we said, you know, whoever landed here would be would be almost the QB1 in fantasy. And I think Richardson just takes up that notch again, doesn't it, with the ceiling. So, yeah, brilliant. I think um, he's probably the biggest riser. I mean, talk about where he could be, but for, in super flex ranks, he's right up there now for me. I, I wouldn't even be against taking him 101 if you really need a quarterback. What about you? 
Yeah, I mean, there's been a bit of chat about it in our NFL group this morning, and and um, it was put out there by Andy that he could be the 101 now, and I think potentially he could be the 101, couldn't he? I mean, the, the ceiling is massive, isn't it? Exactly. I think the only reason you shouldn't take him 101, if you're a win-now team and you're, you're waiting for that final piece, you know, take take Bijan um, and run away with it. But there's a lot of teams that just shouldn't really take Bijan, to be honest. You know, I'd much rather take Richardson and see what you've got. But uh depends on your team makeup. But this is um such a lovely landing spot. Hopefully, it's going to be a day one start. Any chance Minshew gets the nod for the first few games or you go straight in with, with the big man? This is this was the only debate for me is is do you do you throw him in straight away because he's clearly quite raw. But people were saying last year that um that Fields was kind of just thrown in there and, and they let him use his legs and work it out for himself. And I think that may happen with Richardson. His legs are gonna get him on the field. If he's not throwing so much early on, you've got Taylor there, you've got the options to run it with either either of them. So I think his legs get him on the field probably day one. And I I, mean, I know that Lance was taken, you and I spoke about it last night at 103 and sat for a year, but I don't see Richardson sitting. I think he's got to be a day one starter, hasn't he? I think he has to be. And I think he's just a, he's a different physical profile to Lance. I know they'll get compared because of where they went in the draft and all that sort of stuff. But I think Richardson's just built a bit differently, isn't he? He's just a bit of a monster. And you and I said, I think he, I'd make him a day one starter purely because the division's a load of shit to be honest with you. So I don't yeah. think there's much to lose by just throwing him in. You've got the Jaguars who are probably the favourites to win that division. Um, Titans are going to be dreadful and the Texans are probably going to be dreadful. So I don't think it's much of a problem. Chuck him in and, and just let him develop. Um, it's pointless wasting those development uh, developmental months. Yeah, I agree. So um, 108, the next skill player taken. Bijan Robinson uh, to the Falcons. What did, you, uh, what did you make of the pick? <laughs> I'll let you go first. What do you reckon? Uh, well, we spoke about it last night. I think I just think from a process standpoint and from a, t- a team building standpoint, this is a ridiculous pick from the Falcons. But they've done it three years in a row now, haven't they? They took Pitts, they took London, and now they've taken Bijan. It's incredibly luxury picks for a team that's not really in the position to be doing it. But as a player, I love him. It's a great landing spot for him. Shame for Tyler Algier because he's probably now dead, but... Yeah, great landing spot. Um, but for me, just from a process point of view, it's ridiculous from the Falcons. From a fantasy point of view, it's probably really, really good for Bijan. Probably still the uh, the 101 unless you need the quarterback. But yeah, I love, I love the landing spot, love the player, but ridiculous from the Falcons. What about you? Yeah, much the same. It's um, in real life. It's a really stupid pick. They've done it a few years in a row. The team's a bit of a mess and they're just wasted money on on luxury picks the last couple of years it's um if someone was doing that in dynasty you'd laugh at them so yeah really stupid pick in real life but from a fantasy perspective Arthur Smith they're just going to pound the rock and he's going to get a load of work so I think uh you know he's not really moved at all in terms of where you rank him for fantasy purposes the only question is whether in Superflex Richardson goes ahead of him but otherwise it's um almost the ideal landing spot isn't it really yeah I mean the Falcons kind of um signal what they were going to be doing when they renewed both their guards recently so both of them are really really good in the run game so it kind of suggested what they was going to do so um no quarterback there in Atlanta they didn't really want to take one and they're going to roll with Desmond Ritter but they've got all these skill guys so it's going to at least be fun for them isn't it from yeah from a real life perspective it's a joke but fantasy football I mean you you probably want a few Falcons now don't you 
Yeah, exactly. And I think, look again, look at the division. The South just seems to be quite poor this year. You've got the Saints who are probably going to be okay and fine. Buccaneers aren't going to be that great. Panthers are obviously going through a rebuild despite having loads of old men in the receiving room. But um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fun. If I'm a Falcons fan, you're probably going to be quite happy that they'll be at least be exciting to watch. But yeah, it's not really a sustainable pick, is it? Taking Bijan at the 108. The only sort of landing spot would have been nicer is... I think the Cowboys always sounded like a lovely landing spot for Bijan, but he was never lasting that long, was he? No, I don't think he was ever going to get there. I, I, Jerry was Jerry was waiting. Jerry was there waiting when he got card. Yeah, do you see that? Do you see their war room? Like sitting in the dark, it was like a nuclear bunker. Um, absolutely disaster. Yeah, I just can't. I can't have a, a war room where Mike McCarthy sat there in a suit. It just upsets me. So um, yeah, I'm not having that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Speaking of one um, stupid pick, let's move on to another one. So at the 112, uh, Jameer Gibbs goes to the Lions. We've spoken before a few times about Jameer Gibbs and we both really like him. But what did you make of this pick at 112 for the Lions? So similar to Bijan, um, he's a great player. I love the player himself. Um, He's probably going to be good. But uh, from a process point of view from the Lions, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. 112 is very rich for Gibbs. I know that Brad Holmes was uh, press conferencing after and saying that everyone's texting him saying congratulations, we was going to take him. But that, that to me sounds like a load of rubbish. I think they've taken him very, very high. And do they really have the need for him right now? I mean, they've got David Montgomery they've paid for this year and for the next couple, I think. They've got a year left of Swift. I mean, they're probably trying to get ahead of the Swift um, free agency, but I guess Gibbs means they may trade Swift now. I don't know, but it's just the Lions from a process point of view. They've spent two to three years of doing it really, really well. They've done every move really well, executed the rebuild like almost correctly. And then they go ahead and do this at one twelve. It's like one stupid mistake, like could set them on a different track, but love the player. I don't know if you're going to see the best of him in year one. It depends on Swift situation, but um, I think he's going to have a good role there in time. If Swift goes, then I've got no problem taking him this season. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Jameer Gibbs was my my guy a while ago. I've said a few times he was the, the running back I picked up in our only Devi League a, a year or so ago. So I was really excited to see where he landed. And I'm just really disappointed by this pick in real life for the Lions because I really like what they've been doing. I think we both really like, um, like what they're about. And yeah, this just seemed like a really stupid pick. As you said, they've got Montgomery who they've paid. Swift is now just floating around like a spare piece. So if they do want to move him, who's going to pay up for Swift now? Who's really going to give them the sort of the capital that they want? Probably not many teams. So they've got a bit of a committee committee backroom in the backfield and I just don't really like it. As you said, in Dynasty, he's probably going to be fine, if not really good long term. But I think year one, he might struggle a bit just in terms of the volume. He'll always get the reception work, which is fine. But yeah, I, I temper expectations, I think, in year one. Um, it's probably... a dropped a little bit in my dynasty rankings not dynasty i suppose year one rankings what about you are you still comfortable taking him sort of where he was going mid first yeah so he was around one four one five one six previously wasn't he but i don't know Mm. now i mean there may be some wide receivers challenging him for those sort of positions now considering he may sit for a year but we've had this before where you know we me and you have always said talent over over situation like it's, it's sort of works itself out in the end. But um, I guess it just depends whether you can sit on Jameer Gibbs for maybe a season. I don't know. It depends on the state of your team, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I suppose it, the only good thing, I think, in the short term, they haven't really got a tight end yet. I'm sure they'll pick one up. And I know there's a couple of guys there that we like to potentially step up. They've just lost Jameson Williams for the first six games. So there is going to be some receiving work immediately available uh, yeah. for the Lions. So who knows? He might come flying out and just get eight receptions in week one. And all of a sudden, this is a moot point. Um, they might move swift. Montgomery can be the grinder back, short yardage uh, goal line back. And suddenly Gibbs is getting all the receptions and a couple of touchdowns. So it could be absolutely fine. But yeah, I think more just from a process, I was really disappointed by the pick in real life. And I think I'm probably dropping him a little bit. I don't know if I'd take him at the sort of 104, 105. Um, there's a couple of receivers that might go ahead now. But yeah, long term, I'm sure he'll be fine. But what a stupid pick. Yeah, not very not very good from the from who, a team who have been really good with their process so far. So it was just a bit of a shock, really. But Speaking of people who may have rose up the boards uh, at the 120, so pick 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba, my boy, to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. For me, this is a tremendous landing spot. I think he's got that slot role pretty much sewn up already. Um, you've got obviously DK and, and Tyler Lockett on, on the outsides. But this this potentially is a really, really good move for uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, first receiver off the board. He set off a bit of a run as well, didn't he? But um, what do you make of it? I'll let you go, mate. He's been your boy for a while, so take it away. Yeah, I, I pretty much outlined it then. But um, I think it's a great role for him. Um, he moves up drafts now for me. Does he bypass Gibbs? Probably, maybe. I don't know. For me, um, I'm happy to take Jackson Smith and Jigba where I can and where I'm positioned to. I mean... We, t- we did that um, sort of Devi League and I took him last year because I've, I've loved him for quite a while. So I've got him in there and he's, he's, uh, he's added to my uh, wide receiver core fairly nicely. But I love love the player, love the role, love love the landing spot. Um, I think it's perfect for him in that intermediate area. I think he's going to really eat their um, dynasty wide receiver one from this class. And I think that still sticks. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. It's a lovely landing spot. Straight away, I, I wasn't immediately sure, but within a few seconds, I was really comfortable. And as you said, Metcalf on the outside, Lockett deep, JSN in the slot. And, and actually, Lockett's 30, 31 years old. I think they've got an out on his contract next year. So I've got no concerns about you know volume there for Smith and Jigbro. I think he's going to be excellent. It's a really, really nice spot. And I'll tell you who's a really good, um, had a really good year, actually. Uh, I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong, so I like it, but Geno Smith or Geno Smith, whatever you want. Just looking at the weapons that the Seahawks have got now, I mean, they've got Metcalf on the outside, Smith and Jigber in the slot, Tyler Lockett deep, Fant as a tight end, Ken Walker in the backfield. I mean, that's uh, up there with the best in the league, isn't it? Yeah, they was talking about it last night on the, on the actual draft, saying that it's probably one of the best receiving cores in the league. And I don't, you know, I mean, who, 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 how can you argue with that? It's, it's fairly good, isn't it? But um uh, one one area I think they may upgrade is a pass catching option um, behind um, Kenneth Walker. So they may pick up one of those late, maybe someone like Evan Hull, another one of my boys. But um, yeah, I think they might pick up a pass catching back as well late in this in this draft because that's probably one area they did have used to have Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. I think is still there, isn't he? But I think they can definitely pick up another one. But yeah, love the spot, love the player. I'm, I'm all over it. So. Um, yeah, on to, the, on to the next one. I'll let you take this one away. Yeah, so the the 121, uh, 21st pick of the first round, Quentin Johnson went to the Chargers. And this is a guy that 
neither of us have really been on that much. But um, personally, I think this is a really, really good landing spot for him, purely because of the, the system that he's going to be playing in, linked to Justin Herbert. I think it's a really, really good landing spot. And um, I didn't think I'd be comfortable, but I would be interested in Johnson now. I think in the later first, depending on whether he moves or not in terms of ADP. But for me, this is a really good spot. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger, so he's probably got a year or so left. Um, and all of a sudden, Quentin Johnson's potentially the wide receiver one, because I think Mike Williams is probably 29 years old as well. So really nice spot. Uh, long-term future there. He's got some concerns with his hands as well. Don't know if it's necessarily the the perfect fit with Herbert, but I'm just hoping the talent um, talent wins out. And uh, yeah, I'm vaguely interested in Quentin Johnson. So have you changed your tune at all? Are you interested or still out on the TCU, man? Yeah, so this is a tough one for me because, you know, as you know, I'm not a massive fan of the actual player, but you can't really ignore that landing spot, can you? And the reasons you've said Mike Williams is older and very injury prone. Keenan Allen's getting on. They've probably got an out on his contract. I mean, early on initially as well, he's going to be running slants and goes. And, and you've got a, an amazing quarterback as well there in Justin Herbert, one of my favourite quarterbacks. So you can't ignore um, you can't ignore his landing spot and you can't ignore the work that he could potentially get. He's, they've got no speed on the Chargers offence currently. And Quinton Johnson is a massive upgrade of speed. Like I said, slants and goes, that's what they did with DK in his in his first year where he kind of learnt some more of the nuances of the game in his second year. But slants and goes, he's fine after the after the catch and, he, and he's fine obviously running go routes. So just get him on those early, get him on the ball like um, yards after the catch. He's probably going to work out really well there. I don't know if he's going to be ever a volume play because I think Keenan's their volume play, but I think he's going to have big spike weeks, Quinton Johnston, and he's probably moved up the ranks, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, they haven't got much speed there. They even re-signed Jalen Guyton a few weeks ago, which says everything you need to know about the depth there. Josh Palmer was a sort of a deep wide receiver there. A few people thought might he might do something, but I'd fully expect Johnson to take over as the, the wide receiver three there in the long term. I like the landing spot. So for me, I think he's probably gone up the ranks a little bit in terms of where I'd take him in Superflex. I wouldn't be taking him sort of mid-first, but I think around the 107 week or so ago, I wouldn't have been interested, but it now becomes a bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, so um, um, I'll I'll, I'll, um, I'll announce this pick, but I'll let you take this please one. Please do. I know you've got very, very strong feelings on it. So uh, there was a run of four receivers in a row, wasn't it? So it was Jackson, Swift and Jigwa, Quinton Johnston, and now at the 122, the 22nd pick, Zay Flowers to the Baltimore Ravens. So um, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to hand this one straight over. I mean, I'm fuming. Like I said to you last night, I was I messaged you straight away. You were quite pleased and you were like, yeah, it's a nice landing spot. I'm gutted, mate. Uh, Zay Flowers was my wide receiver too. I really liked him throughout the process. Liked everything about him. Didn't like his little glasses last night. He looked like a bit of a nerd. But um, yeah, I just don't like the landing spot at all. Uh, I know that we've obviously got uh, Todd Monk in there and the offense is hoping to change and get more past happy just signed up Lamar Jackson so it, on paper it might sound like a nice spot but for me you've got Lamar Jackson obviously he's going to rush the ball a lot JK Dobbins is healthy again he's going to run the ball and then you've got Mark Andrews is going to be the the target hog he's going to get all that intermediate work and take the volume there just signed Odell Beckham you've got Rashad Bateman will he move will he not there's rumours they're interested in DeAndre Hopkins. 
So, I mean, there's a chance that Zay Flowers is like the fourth, maybe even the fifth option in his first year. And I just don't want to take him at the 107, 108 in, in Superflex drafts where I think he might need to be taken. So, yeah, I was really disappointed in the landing spot. Still really like the player and, and long-term, who knows? Beckham might not be fit, might only stay there a year. Bateman might be moved and suddenly Flowers is the wide receiver one, maybe the second read. But in the short term, I'm a bit disappointed by this landing spot, to say the least. And I think if you need production in year one, I wouldn't be taking Zay Flowers would be my initial reaction. So, yeah, I'm probably taking it a bit personally because he was my guy. But uh, I'll let you give a view. What do you think? Because you're a bit happier than I was. Yeah, I don't mind the landing spot so much. I mean, I know Beckham's there and, and Bateman's there and Andrews is there, obviously, but... I'm I'm not convinced on Beckham's fitness. I don't I don't know when the last time he played a full season was in the NFL, so I wouldn't rely too much on um, OBJ there. So then you're down to Flowers and Bateman, and and Bateman's had his injury issues, and you know, I don't know how he's going to work out this year. I know that um, there was huge rumours of DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens just before the draft, and it was supposedly for this pick. And doing a pick swap with the Cardinals in the second round, something like that. It was that it was that sort of deal. I think Cardinals get twenty two and Hopkins. Uh, sorry, Cardinals get twenty two, and then the Ravens got Hopkins and and their second round pick. But it didn't seem to come to fruition. So I don't know if they're completely out on Hopkins now. They've got Flowers, and that was their fallback position. I mean, they're nothing like the same receiver. So it may have just been a receiver body. But I'm I'm quite optimistic for his landing spot. May not be this year. You'll, you'll see his full output because obviously Beckham's there. It just depends how long he can stay fit. But I'm I'm quite um, I'm quite happy with the landing spot. I'd still t- be taking him um, maybe back end of the first start of the second. I think he might have dropped a little bit considering where he is. But he is he is still a first round pick, so that draft capital will count. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with the landing spot. I, I, it was just um, when it happened, he was he was raging, come through on the uh, on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might have been you going to bed straight away. I'm done. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was fuming, but yeah, I mean, you may well be right. I think long term, we forget Dynasty is a long term game, and um, that first round draft capital will count for something. But that being said, Rashad Bateman's a first round pick, and obviously health has been a main issue there. But they're clearly looking at other options, so. Yeah, a bit disappointed, but I still really like the talent. So maybe I'm just being a bit too miserable. And the offense might be completely different. Obviously, Munkin's in there, so we'll see. Um, but the next one, uh, 120, 123, so the 23rd pick in the first round, wide receiver four off the board, Jordan Addison to the Vikings. Now, this is a guy that neither of us really were that in on. Um, there was a lot of talk in the day that the Giants were interested, and this is who I thought the Giants would would take a couple of picks later. Um, ends up going to the Vikings. And yeah, I was surprised at how much I, I like this landing spot. There's a really good opportunity there. Justin Jefferson's obviously the man. They've obviously taken his fifth-year option. Why wouldn't they? Um, but there's a there's a spot there. Um, you've got TJ Hawkinson. No, KJ Osborne's done quite well, but actually they do need a an elite guy on the other side. So I think he slots in and immediately gets a, a lot of volume. Uh, could be looking at a serious workload in the first year. So what do you think? Because I know that you're, you're the same. You've not really been an Addison man, have you? Well, you and I both had Zay Flowers ranked above him. And, and, and in the real life draft, Zay Flowers has gone above him. So I don't know, maybe we know something. Maybe we, we, we got lucky. But um, yeah, I wasn't a massive, massive fan of Jordan Addison. But again, similar to Quentin Johnson, I don't think you can ignore the landing spot. There's going to be 
definitely a role for him in year one. I mean, it looks like it's going to be mainly Jefferson, Hawkinson, and now Addison, which is which is a lovely receiving core. And you know, you've got as you said, KJ Osborne, and depending on Dalvin Cook whether he stays or not, he's good out of the backfield. Madison as well is very good out of the backfield. So. There's options there, but I think Addison, Addison, Jefferson and Hawkinson is going to be the main three. So there's there's definitely a, a really good role for him there. He can play inside and outside as well. So kind of taken over the Adam Phelan role, hasn't he, with a bit more juice. So, um, yeah, decent volume. Uh, yeah. Phelan used to get a lot of volume, didn't he? But uh, Jordan Addison's obviously got more juice now than Adam Phelan has. Yeah, and I think people forget how good Adam Phelan was, you know, just because he's a bit of an older guy and he's been a bit dusty the last year or so. He was excellent for a few years there. So you've got a younger Adam Phelan with more juice in a really good offense that's just added some decent weapons in um, TJ Hawkinson as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of work there. So yeah, for me, Addison's one of the biggest risers. I think in Dynasty, I'd probably, uh, I'm, I'm moving him above Zay Flowers in terms of where I'd take, take him and I'd possibly take him over Quentin Johnson um, just because I think he's probably got more short-term value than Johnson has. What about you? So out of these guys, JSN's obviously your one. Where do you stand on Johnson, Zay Flowers and Addison? What's your order in Dynasty? JSM, number one still always. Uh, two, probably for me, like you, Addison. Three, Johnston, four, Flowers. I think that Addison will just get more volume than Johnston. Yeah, that, that's exactly my stance on it as well. Johnson might have some of these spike weeks and Herbert, I'm sure, will just send him flying a few times. But yeah, I think Addison's going to get a lot of work, particularly Jefferson's going to attract double coverage. Addison's a great route runner. He's going to get open. So yeah, it surprised me, but um, I didn't think you'd be on board as well. So yeah, quite a nice pick, wasn't it? Yeah, these landing spots that, you know, <laughs> however much you might not be on a player, you can't ignore first round draft capital and you can't ignore the roles that they're walking into. You can't just say, I don't like that player. I'm never taking him because that, that's just biting your nose off to spite your face. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to adjust adjust your ranks, pretty much. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Staying true to the brand. Well, exactly. I'll let you take the next one because this is one of your guys. This is the guy that you wanted as the the tight end one. So go for it. So yeah, this was the uh, last skill player of the first round. So he went at pick twenty five and uh, the tight end number one. So it was going to be between this guy and Michael Meyer, but um, Dalton Kincaid is the tight end one. Um, he's gone to the Bills. Great landing spot. Uh, I don't think. Dalton Knox is going to be uh, Dawson Knox is going to be any threat to him at all. He's going to have a really good role. He's an excellent route runner, very shifty. Um, yeah, he's really good. This is a, this is probably one of the best landing spots. This and the Chargers were probably the best landing spots, but this is a really good. He's going to be you know Josh Allen's his quarterback throwing to him, so you can't ask for better as well. He's got. That intermediate route, they've not really got a slot receiver guy there. You know, they may use Khalil Shakir, but he's got that intermediate route um, tied up um, because uh, Dawson Knox, they don't really use him in that way in the intermediate role. So they tend to use Knox on sort of run after catch stuff and and um, further stuff afield. But um, I think this could be a really, really good role for Kincaid. He's going to be a red zone target as well. I just think there's massive upside to where he's landed. What do you make of it? Yeah, I agree. He's, he's by far the tight end one now. And I think um, certainly in tight end premium leagues, he really needs to fly up your boards because he's not even really a tight end. He's just a big receiver. He's going to play in the slot. Dawson Knox will still be on the field. He's going to do some of that dirty work, I think, and get the blocking in, which is fine, but doesn't have any fantasy relevance. So yeah, Kincaid could be in for a, a big workload and what a great offense and quarterback to be linked to. 
it's a shame for Shakir because I think he's going to take a bit of a hit and he was always a projection I know that we both liked him and said he was a bit of a buy but I think it might take a bit of his work just in in the positions on the field um but this is just a fantastic landing spot and I think perfect for fantasy there's argument that Michael Mayer would be sort of maybe a, a more all-round tight end but as a receiving weapon for fantasy Kincaid's excellent so couldn't really have landed better as you said possibly Chargers but yeah what a spot how comfortable would you be taking Kincaid in say a tight end premium Superflex league then where does he go for you uh, in a tight end premium league, you've got to be taking him in the first round, haven't you? Back end of the first, maybe mid first. Yeah, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I'm fine with Dalton Kincaid in tight end premium leagues. Yeah, what about non tight end premium? You still you still interested in taking him in the first? Um, no, definitely wouldn't take him in the first in non tight end premium. Probably mid second, late second. Uh, there's so many tight ends that are going to come up and, and get decent landing spots that I don't think you have to reach for Kincaid. One more um, one more point on Dawson Knox. I think next year is his last year as well, I believe, because he wasn't taken early. So I think he's let next year is his last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sky's the limit really for Kincaid there. So what, what a landing spot. That was a quite a nice, from the 20s to the sort of mid-20s, that was um, a nice fantasy run of those four receivers and the tight end. That was uh, quite a decent end to the first round, weren't it? So um, just some talking points coming out of the draft last night. So um, Will Levis sat in the green room all evening. What did you make of him dropping? Oh, it was uncomfortable to watch, wasn't it? I mean, just we both quite liked him. It's obviously a bit of a weirdo talk that he interviewed really badly. He's eating bananas with skin on. He's putting mayonnaise in his coffee. He's obviously a bit of a weirdo. Um but there was obviously something to it. There's talk that he could be in the top 10 and suddenly he's in the second round at best. So yeah, I feel for the kid. It's obviously not nice to see someone, but it was really uncomfortable. Just they kept panning to him and checking if he's on his phone and then the teams were on their phones. It clearly wasn't him. And he was just shaking, bit of a nervous wreck. Um, yeah, didn't like it. And I probably am out on him, to be honest now. I've got him in one league that we did an early draft, but we had a talk about, Maybe some sort of landing spots in the early second. There's a couple of teams that could maybe come up and get him. Maybe the Rams or the Raiders, but I think it's going to be a long shot for him to do anything now. What do you reckon? So in the uh, the early second, you've got the Lions. If they want to take a future quarterback, you've got the Rams. So the Lions are at 34. The Rams are at 36. The Seahawks are at 37. If they want to take another guy behind Geno. The Raiders are at 38 if they want someone with Jimmy. So there are landing spots in that early second round. You've even got the Titans at 41 as well. They could be interested. He likely goes early second. I think that Hooker will as well. But yeah, I mean, he was projected as a top four, top five, top 10 running uh, quarterback, wasn't he? So it's a bit embarrassing for him. He was sat there shaking all night. It was putting me off. If I was watching that and I was a GM and he started shaking like that all night, he'd be off my board. One thing that keeps him on the board is um, we saw the, uh, the the female companion that he had as well. So I think that moves him back up a little bit. This is why I think the Rams are interested because McVeigh is going to be all over that. Watch watch the Rams move up a couple to take uh, take Will Levis in the early second. But yeah, I, I agree. It was just uncomfortable to see. It's never nice to see these lads um, there with all their families in the green room and got to go back to his... Uh, little little motel and um, come out the next day. It's not nice, is it? So, yeah, a bit of a surprise, I think, really. But um, maybe it shouldn't have been. I think his agent also tried to get it out there that he's had a toe and foot injury and that's been putting teams off. But um, I think that's his agent with a bit of uh, 
damage control there with that one. So I'm not sure how much I'll take out of that one. Yeah, and I think rewind a year, and obviously it's a different situation, but people were quite high on Malik Willis in Dynasty, and people would take him in the first, in the back end of the first. Then he slips to the third round of the NFL draft, and obviously we don't know where Levis is going to go. I imagine he'll go in the second, but doesn't look good, does it, in terms of his long-term value? There's a couple of those teams that you've said that he could land on, but best-case scenario, he's probably sitting for at least the majority of the first year, if not maybe into the second year. It's just... um. Yeah, a bit of a long road potentially for him being a, a regular starter now in, in fantasy. So best case second round pick scenario is is Jalen Hurts and probably worst case scenario second round pick is Drew Locke. So uh, anywhere between there, take your pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, another one we haven't really mentioned is the Falcons are at 44. Um, they're really stupid. Who knows? They might move up and take him, sit behind Ritter, give him another option. But yeah, not not nice. Well, Falcons, Falcons um, are probably talk- up a running back, won't they? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't surprise me <laughs> they'll pick up uh, my boy Roshan Johnson. Um, yeah, but uh, I suppose another talking point really is we didn't really see any players traded. Uh, last year, we had quite a few big sort of deals on the night and AJ Brown moved across to Philly, but we didn't really see any players despite quite a few different trades from the team. So read into anything there or just with the way it played out? Yeah, I think it was more just the way it played out. I mean, there was huge rumours that Hopkins was going to the Ravens, wasn't there, before the draft, and that just never seemed to pan out. But there's Devin Wyatt, there's Dalvin Cook, there's a, there's a few that were mentioned. And yeah, you normally get maybe one on, on the first round, but yeah, nothing seemed to come out, did it, which was, which was surprising. Do you see any sort of happening on the second day? There probably will be, won't there? I mean, it's it's so hard. I think just looking at what we do, we play on Sleeper and our rookie drafts go up and... You sort of panic, don't you? You start firing off trades to move up in the draft. It's hard enough on sleeper, just firing off a couple of trades to get a player done. So you can only imagine it's quite difficult in real life and suddenly reacting and firing off a player to the other side of the country. It's not easy. So not overly surprised. But yeah, with the talk of all the moves and Hopkins and then mentioned Rashad Bateman, I I did think there might be a bit of movement there. But uh, got another couple of nights left to go. So who knows? Yeah, um, um, Hopkins has got to go somewhere because he's too good to just stay at the Cardinals this season. I've always, I've always thought it was going to be the Chiefs, but I guess we'll see that one how that one pans out. I think the Chiefs may be waiting until the Cardinals may be releasing, but um, I guess we'll see. I think the Chiefs is the best landing spot for him, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that I don't think it necessarily be a great landing spot for him, but the Packers need something as well in the receiver room. Um, Christian Watson had quite a decent night. There's no uh, no first round wide receiver to compete with, which is their usual play. But they're a bit dead in their receiver room. I don't know if Jordan Love's got the tools really to to succeed from the offers. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They're going to need to surround him with more than is currently there, isn't there? But their Packers first round pick was vintage Packers, wasn't it? It was there for J, JSN. Could have taken Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think it was pick thirteen, or I think it was thirteen, wasn't it? But he was there ready for him to take and uh, we're going to take the, uh, the the edge rusher, the big edge rusher from Iowa, Lucas Van Ness. So uh, vintage Packers, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually quite like the pick though. Obviously, it's straight outside of Dynasty, but I, I did like the pick. And yeah, Van Ness, I mean, what a, what a living room setup he had. There's about 15 women just jumping all over him. So yeah, <laughs> classic, um, classic jock lad, weren't he? But yeah, I'm sure he'll do well there. I think I think once we saw the amount of women that was around him, we realised why Packers did what they did, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Adjust your ranks. Um, so, but yeah, I suppose, going, yeah, so the next talking point really is um, a lot of talk in the day about the Titans maybe trying to come up and take the Cardinals pick and 
a lot of talk is was that for a quarterback and what they do with Tannehill? Could Tannehill be part of some sort of package? I even said to you, could Tannehill even go to the Cardinals in that deal to give give them something while they wait for Murray to come back? Because, you know, he could miss half the season. Um, but they didn't take a quarterback. So they're rolling at the moment with Tannehill and Malik Willis behind him. So now that you've done a bit of digging on the, the, the cap hit for Tannehill, do you want to take it away in terms of the numbers? So, yeah, I looked it up um, because I know that his cap hit's quite big and he's, he's got a cap hit of 36 million this season, which is huge. Um, I think mm. they, back, they backloaded it, I think, but um, it's a huge cap hit and I don't see them going anywhere near that. I think they're going to cut him whenever they can. But you ask the question, what are they going to do if they do cut Tannehill? One, where does Tannehill go? And two, who does the Titans roll with? This might be a case of, obviously, why Will Levis is maybe goes to them in the second round because... I don't know if they trust Willis. I'd like to see them roll with Malik Willis just to see what they've got, tank the year out. And if it goes badly, then you know that Willis isn't the man and you've either got Caleb Williams or Drake May or um, Quinn Ewers. So tank tank the season out, see what you've got in Willis. I think they made the right pick at 112 in Skoronsky because that O-line before was dreadful. <clears throat> Any sort of help they can get across that O-line is good and it's a, it's a future building piece. So I've got no problem with Skoronsky at 112. I think it was the actual the pick to take for them, but... I don't know what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. They're going to cut Tannehill because they just won't be paying that cap. So it's whether they take Levis or Hooker in round two or whether they roll with Willis. What do you, what do you see them doing? Yeah, who, who knows, mate? I think um just have no idea. I suppose the only outside-the-box thinking, I mean, could they be interested in Trey Lance? That's gone a bit quiet. Um, could there be a... Because 49ers haven't got a pick in the second round, didn't have a pick in the first round. Could they get rid of Trey Lance for a second from the Titans and, you know, Tannehill moves over as part of that. It's a sort of quarterback that probably does quite well in a Shanahan system. So, don't know. I just, I can't see him rolling with Willis. I mean, as much as I think it might be the sensible thing to do, just tank the year because they're crap. Um, I just can't see them rolling with Willis. But, yeah, it doesn't make sense to hang on to a, what is Tannehill, 37? doesn't really make sense to hold on to him, does it? No, especially for that cap hit. So, he's, I think he's going to be gone. It's just where... I mean, there's talk of the Falcons as well, so I don't know. He's going to be gone, Th- but it's, yeah. just, it's just what they do, isn't it? Yeah, he's 34. Sorry, not 37, but yeah, he's not really part of the the long-term build, is he? So, I mean, can you see anything with Trey Lance? Do you think he's going to possibly move anywhere or is he staying put? Well, the link with Lance is that the um, Titans GM, Rank Cartham, was um, the assistant GM in, in San Francisco. So he was on board with taking Trey Lance in San Francisco. It's just whether he's... Um, on board with trading up, trading for him now from the 49ers. The only thing is, is what the 49ers gave up for Lance and they could potentially lose him for a second. It's, it's dreadful process, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's awful. But the problem is, what, what do they do? Do they like him? If they don't like him, move him on. But they're not going to get anywhere near what they paid for him. I mean, the Titans are picking at 41. Is that too much to give up from a Titans perspective? If that gets you a, a franchise quarterback, maybe not. And actually... If you've got Trey Lance and Malik Willis, it's probably quite a good quarterback room that can swap in and out. So if, if Trey Lance misses games, you've got a fairly similar profile to come in after him. But yeah, we're just um, spitballing here. No, who knows? I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So another uh, talking point from the draft last night was obviously the Texans move up to 103. So they gave up their pick 12 and I think a first next year, but they've they've got multiple firsts next year. So they've still got a first uh, next year. but did you did you like the move? Did you think it was a draft day move? Kevin Costner move? Did you did you like the move up to get the pass rusher? 
I was a bit confused. As I said, I woke up and couldn't quite figure out what had happened. So I then went back and looked at the trade and obviously spoke to you. I mean, it's a lot to give up, but I sort of don't mind it. I don't mind it. You've come out of the draft with a, a franchise quarterback, franchise edge rush that's going to lead your defense, your defense for the next few years. I, I don't mind it at all, to be honest. I think go and get your guy. They've obviously got the, the pieces they need now. They're going to be crap. Um, they got first next year. Go again. So at the time, I thought it was a bit much strange to see them go at the, the two and the three but yeah it probably makes sense what about you madness or made sense well there were some rumors around it that um D'Amico Ryan only wanted Will Anderson at 102 and didn't really want Stroud but the organization and the ownership picked Stroud because they really wanted Stroud there so I don't know if D'Amico's then said well you better get back up to 103 because I want Will Anderson whatever but yeah there was there was big rumours that D'Amico Ryan only wanted Will Anderson there. So I don't know if this is a, a franchise appeasing move for D'Amico Ryan or whether this was their plan all along. But um, if you look at it as they've traded back in for the quarterback instead of the edge rusher, it, it doesn't sound so bad. But um, yeah, I, I guess if you look at it as them taking the edge rusher at two and then trading back in and losing that pick next year for the quarterback, Stroud, and Stroud works out, then it's fine, isn't it? But um yeah, yeah just, I just wonder, could, could they have stayed at the 112 and, and picked up, you know, Luke Van Ness or uh, a player that fell a bit and ended up at, in, in the Eagles, Nolan Smith? Could they have just waited on an edge rusher? Who knows? But yeah, as you said, if you sort of compartmentalise, they've got the quarterback and the edge rusher to take it as the whole package. It's probably not bad, is it? Yeah, yes, I think that's how you have to look at it. And, you know, it's two good moves and they've got their new coach. So it's something to begin with, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've sort of touched on the next point already, but um, you and I really like what the Lions have been about the last couple of years and they've worked it out quite well with Goff, who's been really good for them, to be fair, and that was a really good deal, moving on Matt Stafford to the Rams. Really like everything they've done in this rebuild. Got some really nice weapons. Amon Ra St. Brown's been excellent. But have they just blown it? I mean, this was a disastrous first round for them, just taking stupid picks. I mean, really like Jameer Gibbs, but in real life, that's a, a wasted pick. They could have got a decent rush running back if they even needed one in the later rounds. And then they come up and take Jack Campbell, a linebacker at, at 118. This was just a bit madness from the Lions, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Jack Campbell is probably the, line, the linebacker one of the class, but he's, he's not like a first round player. I mean, someone sent a tweet out after, I think it was Ben Solak saying they've taken... Gibbs and Campbell in the first when they probably could have got them in the second. It's like it's early for both, wasn't it? So they probably could have got better players in the first. It was just very, very un, un Lions like. They normally do really well in a draft, move out if they're not going to take anyone and 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 do really well. So this was just two very strange process picks. I don't a lot of them people are saying that Jack Campbell is um is a pick of the coach. He's a he's a big coach favourite. Um what's his name, the big dweeb? Jack he's Jack as well. That that Dan Campbell, yeah. Dan Campbell, sorry. Sorry, another Campbell, not a Jack. But um, yeah, a lot of people are saying that he's a personal pick of Dan Campbell, so I don't know how much truth there is to that. It's just very, very early for Jack Campbell. I don't think anyone had mocked him in the first. So just strange from the Lions, as we said. They've, they've done it so well all throughout, and now they do these two picks. It kind of shows you how how a team can wreck their reputation so quickly like that. Yeah, it's just, as you said, I think it is a Dan Campbell pick. I saw a few quotes from Jack Campbell and he's talking about he likes to run through walls and run through defenders. And you can imagine Dan Campbell just absolutely loving that, you know, tearing up in the uh, in the war room picking this lad. So 
Yeah, it's a really disappointing first round for them. And I just hope they've not completely ballsed it up because I really like what they've done, but they've just wasted picks. They didn't need a running back. If they did, they could have got one at any stage in this draft. To be honest, it's a really deep class. And I can't imagine anyone else was going to be taking Jack Campbell in the first round, certainly not at the 18. They could have moved back and got the same player. So, yeah, I really hope they've not messed it up. It was a disappointing night for them, I think. Yeah, they've got three picks in the second round as well. So they pick at 34, they pick at 48, and they pick at 55. So they still had the capital to, you know, get Campbell wherever in the second. And it was just strange for me. Like you said, they could have got more quality in better positions. I think uh, Gonzalez, the corner, was still there at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. No, he went just before them, actually. He went, he went um, pick 17 to the Pats, didn't he? Oh, yeah, but they could have got Gonzalez at 12 and then taken Gibbs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Player, didn't they? So it was just mad for me, considering the quality players they could have got. Yeah, really disappointing. And um, I suppose we'll see what happens with the rest of them. But on the next point, DeAndre Swift. I mean, we've always been fans of him. And we, at one point this offseason, he was looking like a really good value. But he's now in a in a running back room with Montgomery, who they've paid. And they've just drafted Jameer Gibbs. Um, in the first round, not just in the first round, but in the first 12 picks. It's not like they took him at the back end of the first. So I think Swift's in trouble, isn't he? Is he dead? Is he going to get moved? What, what do you think? Are we doing anything with him in Dynasty? Yeah, this is uh, this is troubled times for uh, DeAndre Swift because um, Jameer Gibbs has got an almost identical skill set as well. And it kind of kills him, doesn't it? Also, Swift wasn't taken by this regime. I think he was part of the old Patricia regime that took him. So... They've not they've not looked to trust him previously. They've got a guy coming in with the same skill set and he wasn't taken by them. So those three things are massive, massive hits to DeAndre Swift. He's either got to get out of there or you've got to hold him till next season when he's a free agent. You can't sell him now because the price is dead. Um, you've got to hope for a trade or you've got to sit on him for a season. Um, there's no way I'm selling him now because I love him as well. But um He's going to have no value right now. He's what he's wide well, running back free there, isn't he, at the minute? And you know, maybe used in out of the slot and things like that. But there's no defined role there for him now. Um, it's just whether he gets traded, isn't it? Yeah, and just looking around the league, there aren't many places where he'd go and automatically be the starter. There's a few possible options. I mean, obviously, Dolphins is the one, but they've been linked to Dalvin Cook, and there's still talk about could Derek Henry move somewhere. So there's just not many many jobs available. Um, I, I'm worrying for him, to be honest with you. Looking around the league, Arizona, I've got James Conner. There could be a longer-term role there, possibly. Cincinnati, if Mixon gets banged up or, or cut, there's possibly an option there. But, yeah, I'm struggling. It's, um, it's worrying. Like you, I'm not... You go for it. You tell, tell me where he's going. Tell me, do you want me to tell you the perfect landing spot for DeAndre Swift? See if I know you. I know where you're going to say. Go on and talk to me where the draft was held last night, you want him to land in Kansas City, don't you? 100%. That was what I was going to say. I, Can you I knew you were going to say it. Oh, it'd be incredible. I suppose, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, I'm a big uh, truther for Clyde. He's, he's not really worked out. But um, skill set-wise, they're very different players, but skill set, I think they match quite quite similarly. Swift can receive at the backfield. But that is the spot, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that would be a that would be massive if Swift went to the uh, the Chiefs. We're kind of uh, hopeful with this sort of talk, but if he went there, that'd be tremendous because he's got he's got that running profile they like as well between the tackles and and the wide running as well, and he's got the 
the receptions as well out of the backfield. I think that would be an amazing landing spot. It's just whether they'd give up a. What do you what do you think he'd move for a second or a third? Because he's only got a year left on his deal, so it's either a two or a three or a four, isn't it? He's not going for much. Yeah. Well, he, he cost a second, didn't he, when he was drafted? So they're not going to get their money back on him um, yeah. because they've they've shown their hand, haven't they? They've already filled that back room. It's fairly obvious they need to move him. So I think if they get a third, they're doing doing really well because it's not quite worked out. So yeah, if I'm Kansas City and I've got, I don't even know where they pick in the third to be honest. But if they've got a spare third or even a fourth, it might even be a case of move back a bit and get Swift thrown in. Who knows? But they're going to lose him for free in a year. So. Very wishful thinking, but if Swift lands in Kansas City, that'll be absolutely lovely. I've actually only just thought of it on this pod right now, so I'm I'm going to be thinking of that one all day now. Uh, you you thought of it, and I thought of it at the same time, so we're on it, we're in sync. Um, but we'll see. So looking at the third round, um, just see if they have a pick. I can't see they've got a pick at 32 in the third round, obviously. Um, so we shall see. Is that second round or third round? 32 is the Steelers, isn't it? Pick 32. Or did you mean three points? Round three. I, I've probably gone insane, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, pick pick 95 overall. 32nd oh, right, pick yeah. in the third round. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone mad. That might, that might um, be the one. That might be the one, mightn't it? Yeah, we, we'll see. It'll be a bit of a luxury pick. Um, but I think if any team can afford a luxury pick, it's the, it's the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think we're probably just uh, wish casting here. It might not happen, but either way, Swift's got to move somewhere. Might even just be an injury in, in training camp. Somebody goes down and need a running back, and that, that often happens in, in the spring camp, doesn't it? There's still there's still vets out there as well, isn't there? Zeke's out there, Kareem Hunt's out there. It's mad for the running backs. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, I don't think he's completely dead. He might land somewhere, but... Leonard Fournette, he loves to eat over the summer, so he's probably just gorging himself and um, he'll turn up in August and, and drop, go on the Atkins for a month and drop about three stone and go again. That's what he seems to do. I think the only landing spot for Lenny is probably in Wendy's. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. He looked disastrous last year, didn't he? He turned up to training camp. I think he was at 260 pounds. Yeah, he looked like, so, a, um, he yeah, looked not... like an uh, O-lineman, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Do you know, he could probably play O-line, to be fair. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's a weird running back landscape. I think we might see it shake out in the next couple of weeks because I think teams were waiting to see who falls in this draft. Really deep running back class. But there's a couple of guys that need some jobs. So most injury prone position, all it takes is a couple of ACLs or a couple of ankles to go in camp and suddenly it all looks a bit different. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm not giving up on Swift yet. I don't think you are either. No, definitely not. I I love the talent and uh, he just needs the landing spot, but um, definitely not giving up. Yeah. So before we, um, there's a couple of bits of news that we're going to just cover that are outside the draft. But before we do that, just looking at who might come into into day two. So who have you got your eye on as some possible second round picks? So we've got Will Levis is probably going to go early second, mid second, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the only other guy that's next on the list really is Hennon Hooker. It's, uh, it's whether Hooker goes above Levis, potentially. I think Seahawks for Hooker could be a really nice spot can sit behind uh, my boy Geno for a year. Um, who, who goes first, do you think, Levis or Hooker? Uh, I think there's a chance Hooker does go to the Seahawks at 37. I think that's a really, really good backup for that quarterback that you can't say his name properly, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a nice spot for him. And, and you don't have to worry about putting him out there early because Geno um, is doing a really good job. So um, You're really upsetting me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. No sleep as well. Um other than that, I think we're going to hopefully see a bit of a running back um, 
running back race coming off the board. So we've got a few running backs that we could see. No particular order, really, but we've obviously got Zach Charbonnet, who, if he lands well, could be a, a, an excellent pick for someone. Yeah, I'm... Um... Uh, then obviously... Yeah. I'm really high on um, Charbonnet, so I'm hoping for some decent second round capital. If he falls into the third round, it kind of puts him down a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think as long as it doesn't fall into the fourth, the fourth onwards, the, the hit rates are just a, a nightmare. I mean, we saw Tyler Algier, I think, went in the fourth last year. Was it possibly the fifth? But just after an excellent year, just gets supplanted by a better running back. So you definitely don't want him falling into the third plus, do you? No. Um, but yeah, Charbonnet's going to be great. And then we've got a few lads, Roshan Johnson, Devon A-Chain, Tank Bigsby and Kendra Miller. Um, they're all in the conversation, aren't they, for for the second, maybe some into the third? Yeah, I mean, you, you were the Cowboys picking 58. 58 and Cowboys and Roshan, I think, looks... Oh, I don't know if they'll have to move up or not, but that looks to me like a, a sweet spot. 58, Cowboys, Roshan, Johnson. What about you? Uh, I mean, that for me would be, we've said it all along, that would be the perfect landing spot. If Johnson lands there, I think he compliments Pollard really well. Um, and Pollard's on the tag, I think, and he didn't get he didn't get a contract, so he's got a year. So Johnson to the Cowboys, I think it's going to be an excellent landing spot if it happens. Devon A-Chain, I'm, I'm just not that interested. The size really concerns me. As much as it's really fun, he can cut and turn, and it's really good fun to watch at a college level. I just don't like it at, at the next level. What is he, 185 pounds, 188 pounds or something? Yeah. A lot of analysts are pushing him up into the first round. I, I'm not in on that. There's no, literally no hysteric, historical comparison, is there? There's no one that's been that profile and, and done well. I know he's got the track speed, but he's, he's still going to get hit, isn't he? Yeah, I've just got no interest. For me, he's like a, a, a Naheem Hines type player, obviously different in terms of his route running and the cuts that he does. But that's the profile for me. He's a, he's a satellite back. He's going to get some receiving work. Yeah, I've got no intro. I won't be taking him anywhere in the, in the first. Later in the second, if you you know, there's nobody else on the board, I don't mind having a gamble in Dynasty. But I've seen people putting him as the running back three overall. I've got no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm not interested at that sort of price either. But um, there's a, I think there's a few running back friendly spots in this uh, in this second round coming up. You've got the Cardinals at 33, probably a bit early to pick a running back there, but they are stupid, so who knows. Um, you've got the Rams at 36, shouldn't be taking a running back, but they don't care, no pick skill positions. You've got the Seahawks at 37, maybe want a pass catching option with um, Walker, but again, that's probably early and they probably take other positions first. You've also got the Titans at 41 if they want something else with Derek Henry. You've got the Commanders at 47, they love a running back because uh, Riverboat Ron just loves to run the rock, doesn't he? And he, he picks them up just grinding. But um, there's a few running back spots. You've got the Buccaneers at 50 and the Dolphins at 51 as well. So there's a few running back friendly spots in that second round, isn't there? Yeah, I think Buccaneers and Dolphins are two too definitely to watch because uh, the Buccaneers just aren't really set, are they, with Rashad White? And they need something else in the backfield. I think they're an injury away from playing Chase Edmonds or... Keyshawn Vaughan, which um, my 2020 first round pick of Keyshawn Vaughan will be happy for, but yeah, I, won't, I won't go back there. So yeah, there's a few interesting ones in the second round. and the, the two that I really like, if they get second round draft capital, I think Kendra Miller and Tank Bigsby will be two really decent pickups of someone uh, and that would see them rise in Dynasty. If I can get them in the early second, depending on where they land, I'd, I'd be quite happy, um, but we'll see where they land. Yeah, Kendra Miller, you know, he's got a really, really good profile. His numbers are good and his profile's good. And he, he comps to Javante Williams, I think, because he's missed a lot of last year and he's had injuries. And I think he had an operation as well, didn't he? And he missed a lot of the workouts and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> I think teams have kind of forgot about him and people have forgot about him, but he's got a really, really good profile. He doesn't catch much at the moment, but they reckon he can and the profile's there to do it. But Kendra Miller is still only 20 or 21 as well. He's still young. So Kendra Miller is an interesting one. I think the profile is, is very good. And as I said, comparable to Javante Williams. So keep an eye on that one. Yeah, and then we've got a few receivers that could um, could go tonight as well. So we've obviously got Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Rashi Rice, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mings and Jonathan Mingo. Um, I think we'll see a few of those go tonight, really, won't we? Well, Jonathan Mingo is apparently a late riser, wasn't he? People were talking about him back end of the first. We didn't see it, so there's every, every opportunity that he could go early second, mid-second or late second, isn't there? I think... Um, the sweet spot for Josh Downs could be the Bills at 59. He might go earlier than that, though, mightn't he? The Bills might have to move, but he's been linked with the Bills quite a lot. But then again, the Bills got a, an intermediate uh, guy last night, didn't they? So they'll get they'll get Joel roles in this second round, though, won't they? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, they'll definitely get some get a role. And I think the Giants will be sniffing around for one of the bigger lads. I think Jonathan Mingo could be interesting. Um, at the moment, they just haven't got that profile. I'm biased as a Giants man, but um, yeah, I'd be quite pleased to see something like that. Giants, are some interesting 50, receivers. Seven, just Giants are fifty-seven, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind mind it at all. There, so we'll see what pans out. But I think the tight end landscape can be really interesting tonight because we saw Michael Mayer last night absolutely fuming, um, <laughs> proper sitting there shaking his head, had an absolute disaster. So um, he's got to go in the second, surely. I mean, the Raiders at 38 have to take a tight end. They've not got one, have they? They've got Austin Hooper and they have. Uh, What's the lad? Was it the Buccaneers? OJ Howard, Howard, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, two possible lads that could do something, but they need something long-term there. So that'll be a nice spot. I mean, if I'm Michael Mayer and I've I've sat there for the night, but I get drafted to Vegas, I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, you can always go out with Jimmy as well, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, clear up. And then we've got two, um, two interesting ones that yeah, I think you've gone with one, I've gone with the other. So I really like Luke Musgrave and he was one of my buyers a few weeks ago and you went Sam Laporta. But um, there was talk that one or both of those could have gone in the first round. There was a lot of rumours about the pair of them, but I definitely expect them to go tonight, if not the second, certainly the third. But love to see second round draft capital for these boys, won't we? Yeah, I think there's a there's a few tight end friendly landing spots as here as well, isn't there? You've got the Commanders at 47 as well. Um, you've got the Packers at 45. So there's a few nice tight end landing spots in this second. I think you'll see a few of the tight ends go in this second round as well because there's, there's highly rated guys there, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And the Dolphins need a tight end as well. I don't think they've got much up there. So, um, yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, Musgrave's a bit of a... a, bit of a punt there's not much tape on him he missed a lot of time with serious injuries but what I have seen of Musgrave I really like him as a receiving weapon so that'll be interesting but Laporte's got that um that Iowa pedigree isn't he so we'll see yeah I think the uh the Dolphins are ideal for Maya because they want a more conventional tight end for running as well and then to be an option kind of like Kittle is so I think Maya is like a lesser Kittle in that he can do everything so Dolphins look good for Maya but I think he's there at 51 at the moment. They might have to move up to get Michael Meyer. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to last to 51, um, but they've got the capital to move up. So, yeah, that'd be a really nice spot. Um, As you said, Buccaneers could be nice. Cowboys still need one. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. 
um, there's a few a few dominoes yet to fall. So yeah, quite an interesting night too. We'll be back obviously tomorrow to talk through those. But I think there's some other news items that you're going to take away. So yep, the big baby, uh, big baby Rogers uh, finally got his trade completed this week, didn't he? We saw some footage of him in the uh, the Giants building, high fiving everyone, and then he uh, he went out there and loved a few balls about to his boy Alan Lazard. But um, I'm just glad it's finally done, and we don't have to hear any more about it. Uh, what did you make of the compensation? So. The Packers moved uh, to 13 and the Jets moved to 15. So it was a pick swap in the first, wasn't it? And then there's a yeah. first next year. If Rogers plays 65%, I think the uh, Packers get a first, which was a bit heavy for me. And I think there was a third this year as well. So quite a big trade compensation, but um, I'm just glad it's finally done and there's no more talk about it. What about you? Yeah, I feel the exact same. It's so boring. It was obviously going to happen. We don't need to talk about the fantasy implications because we've covered it quite a lot, but just please, it's done. I think in terms of the deal, the one thing I was a bit surprised at is that that the future first is conditional on his appearances this year, which I, I thought is a bit bizarre because he might he's definitely going to play 65% of the snaps this year. And what if he retires next year? Suddenly the Jets have paid a 24 first for a player that's not even on the roster. I thought that was a bit... Um, bit poor planning from them really it should have been contingent on what happens with him next year but um yeah I'm sure he'll be fine there they're clearly going for it a bit and I think Lazard could be a a sneaky guy there obviously everyone will talk about Garrett Wilson but he just likes Lazard he's just a big boring blocking machine on the outside so yeah it's uh glad it's done uh, and we'll see uh, see what love's got as ever I want to know what love is I was waiting for it. I teed you up. Teed you up. Um, next, though, on a quarterback that we do like here on Adjust the Ranks, uh, our boy Lamar Jackson finally got paid. And yeah, I don't think there's too much to analyse here, but it's just well-deserved, isn't it? So the numbers, $260 million, $185 million guaranteed. So up to $52 million a year, um, the highest paid player in the league and just over the moon for him. I know you, you really like him, so I'll let you uh, let you chime in on this one. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Um, I quite I kind of like the Ravens, and it's it's solely because of Lamar, to be honest. But um, yeah, he's deserved it. Um, he stayed fairly quiet throughout it all. Obviously, got no agent. If he had an agent, there'd be all sorts of stories out there. But um, I think it's been a bit too back and forth between the Ravens and Lamar, and I think he's kind of held his ground. And I think he's done really, really well to get that deal. I don't think he was ever going to get the fully guaranteed. I don't think many players are because I think he was just a Deshaun Watson outly here, wasn't it? But um, love, love him renewing there. The best place for him. Now we just need to see how he fits in with uh, the new Todd Munkin scheme. But yeah, I, I'm delighted for him. Obviously no agent. So he's done really well with that. I think he's, um, he's backed by his mother as well, or she helps him out on a lot of it. So she's done well. I hope he buys her a nice little meal or maybe a house, but um, yeah, so Lovely, uh, lovely deal all round for Lamar. Um, he's got probably his best pass-catching core that he's had at the uh, Ravens this year as well. So they've kind of done well to get weapons there for him as well. So I'm really looking forward to watching him this year. I, I love him as well. So I tried to trade for him in a couple where I didn't have him based on the uncertainty, but I couldn't get him anywhere. So, yeah, what do you make of it? Yeah, as you said, just delighted for him, really. And it's hard to like some players in the NFL because there's so much money washing around. But Lamar's just one that I just really love, love rooting for him. And I think he's had nothing but shit thrown his way his whole career. Is he a running back? And I think he was asked to work out with the wide receivers when he was at the combine and all this sort of weird stuff. And 
suggestions that he should do all these different things. And he's just a really, really good running back and he's fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'm just delighted for him. And, and also a lot of this is about agent games and stuff. He's done all this without an agent. As you said, it turned out he'd submitted a, um, a trade request about six weeks ago. No one knew about it because he's not playing the games. And I think to come through all that, all the shit that's been thrown at him about being a running back, no agent, and he's ended up getting massive money, highest paid player in the league. I'm just so happy for him. So there was a picture. I don't know if you saw it when he fell to the end of the first round when he was drafted. There's a picture during the rounds of sort of him and his mum hugging in the uh, in the draft room where he's sort of obviously a bit upset at sliding in the draft. And here we are a few years later. It's just just a lovely story, isn't it? Yeah, I, lo- I know the picture, the exact picture you're referring to, and I love it. I love that picture. Um, she was the one that was going around and meeting teams uh Pre, um, pre-draft as well, apparently. And, and, and everyone was saying that's going to let him down. That's going to be a problem. He's kind of overcome everything, hasn't he? He, he overcome that. He got the, the taken in the 32nd round. Ravens have got a lot to thank um, Ozzy Newsom for, for doing that, getting that fifth-year option, because this could have all been a problem last year. So Ozzy Newsom, all, all, Newsom always had a good reputation at Ravens. And his final move was getting Lamar at pick 32 in the first round, I get four or five years ago. So... Well done to Ozzy again on that. But he's just overcome everything, hasn't he? Being picked 32nd when there was some absolute clowns picked ahead of him. He's come through everything. And to see him get this deal is lovely for me. I, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a yeah, nice end to today. But I think we're going to be back tomorrow, aren't we? Trying to recap um, rounds two and three. Yeah, we'll try and fit a pod in tomorrow uh, to cover rounds two and three. You know, me and Sean are dedicated on weekends. We're going to roll one out tomorrow. But um just uh, staying up tonight now for rounds two and three, isn't it? You're going to have a, a little sleep again or are you going to last it out? Well, do you know, I'm actually out tonight for a couple of beers with the lads. So um, I'm going to record it and probably watch it first thing in the morning. So I won't be as active throughout the draft. I think it's, is it the same time starts about 12 tonight, doesn't it? So Yeah, it's an um, hour earlier. I'm going to be really disappointed if you're not sat at home in your pants with a Donna kebab watching this. That, that will be me later on about four o'clock this, tomorrow morning i'll be sitting there white briefs on uh, just plowing through pausing fast forwarding so got to be dedicated to the pod <laughs> so um yeah i think that pretty much covers everything from the uh first round of the nfl draft and some news this week yeah we'll be back tomorrow as i said recapping rounds two and three um please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on apple podcast the podcast available to download on most popular podcast platforms including Spotify and iHeartRadio. We are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks. We'll be back next week until... No, not next week. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm just reading from the sheet, aren't I? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You caught we'll it, though. Back. You caught it. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, my office is always fully open, even till tomorrow. And, um, and, and now it's down to you. And league winners are always available at my facility, but probably not tonight. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>